0: Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds.
1: Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi,
0: I'm Chas Mostert, and you're listening it to is, Look. It's Inside great. It's Supergirl.
1: a fun track. Um, I was conceived on
0: the bulb, so um,
1: <laughs> be, been here before.
0: You know, I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it. But right now, we have nothing.
1: Sometimes they're not. dickheads you could say it's just it's, they're just <laughs> this good racing, and I enjoy it. Yeah.
0: From the racetracks across
1: Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars.
2: Hello and welcome to Inside Supercars for another week and after a huge Phillip Island, some big announcements straight after the event, Tony Shebeki from On The Grid joining me. It's going to be a, uh, an interesting few weeks till we get over to Perth once again.
3: Yeah, it certainly is. It's going to be uh, three weeks away and Six winners
2: from seven rounds. Uh, we've got a bit of spice happening in v 2 cars, which is nice at the moment. Yeah, it sounds like you're on the speakerphone there, Tony. Um, Lachlan that's Mansell. Oh, that's <laughs> Lachlan Mansell is also joining. Just joins,
3: to a cup of tea, Craig. Oh, I'm
2: sorry about that. That's all right. Um, Lachlan Mansell also joins us from Winton Motor Raceway, and of course, Wakefield Park in New South Wales. It's great to have you back on the show, Loggy
0: Good evening, Craig, and I actually had the opportunity to venture down to Phillip Island on the weekend myself, which was good to get down there and soak up all the action.
2: And plenty of action it was too, and Shebeck's uh, Scott McLaughlin. He certainly uh, turned around a disappointing 2015 with uh, two solid wins. The first time Gary Rogers Motorsport had had two or well, swept a weekend, two wins in a row, since I think it was Jason Bargwana. And uh, that's a few yeah. years ago now.
3: It's a good stat there, Craig. And look, they deserve it, don't they? They've worked hard over the off-season to uh, get their package right for 2016. As you said, 2015, compared to how 2014 was with the uh, the coming, I suppose, of, of Scott McLaughlin uh, to the winner's circle and, and the like. Uh, yeah, 2015, shocking. Looks like 2016 is going to be much better for that Volvo outfit and uh, a couple of great wins for Scott McLaughlin. He He was pressed, there was no doubt about that, especially on that second race when they had that restart with only eight or so laps to go. Uh, He was looking a little bit concerned, with Scotty, but uh, got through it and did well.
2: I'll tell you what, uh, Lockie, do you think that the six-time V8 Supercar champion, Jamie Wincup has has just decided, I'm going to go out there and whatever I try to do now, it's about winning. It's about winning races. It's about just going out there and pushing myself to the absolute limit.
0: It doesn't appear that way, doesn't it? Especially after that last safety car that we had, the Sunday race where, in trying to throw everything at Scott McLaughlin, he made a mistake coming out of the last corner and actually lost a couple of positions. But I'll tell you what, as impressive as Scotty was in the Volvo on the weekend, I don't think we can read too much into it just yet because the Field Island circuit has been a pretty happy hunting ground for Volvo and Gary Rogers Motorsport over the last couple of seasons. Um, Scotty had a win in the Volvo in 2014, and he had a pole position there at Phillip Island last year as well. So I think we'll get a better indication once we get over to Barbagallo, which was a bit of a struggle for Volvo last year. If Scott can be on the pace there, then I think we can um, establish him as a championship contender. Yeah, Jay Rogers Motorsport even had a
3: win on the Sunday in the uh, Dunlop Series as well too. Yep. So, yeah, it was a very happy hunting ground Sunday for
2: them. And I know you got to speak to James Golding on yes. on on the grid this week and in inside Mudders.
3: Motors- keeping up the tradition, Craig, that you speak to Shabeki in the morning, you win in the afternoon.
2: Oh, well, that's not bad. He, he, uh, he of course, is the guest on Inside motorsport this week as well uh, talking about uh, not only the win on the weekend but uh, his experiences with tony Shebecki and how shebeck's got him across the line i do do that in jest no he was actually raced he actually raced at the world rotax finals and was ranked seventh in the world um, at that time so he's uh, certainly uh, putting all that experience to good use now. And he said it was so good, just he had such an electric debut in Formula Ford. And he said it felt like so long since my last win when he uh, picked t- up the win on Sunday. T-
3: tell you what, the big advantage for him too is there's all this talk about Scott McLaughlin and his contract situation and where that's going to end and you know, where he's going to be and all that sort of stuff next year. A beautiful opportunity here for a guy like James Golding to... Uh, to make sure that he just keeps winning and keeps finishing on the podium uh, for Gary Rogers Motorsport, and there could be a little bit of an
2: elevation for the boy. Yeah, it is going to be a, an interesting year ahead in the Dunlop series. And, uh, Lockie, uh, interestingly enough, there has been quite a bit of talk after the Phillip Island event about f- the 500th V8 Supercar round, which, of course, uh, a few years ago, we didn't have rounds anymore, so... Uh, Uh, Do we just have a series of meaningless numbers, particularly when Lucas D'Umbrell put out a... It's our 200th press release late last week as well.
0: I don't think they're meaningless meaningless numbers because I think when you go back through the history of the Australian Touring Car Championship, there is a very distinct round um, category categorisation, I suppose you could call it, for a weekend event. So in terms of maintaining relevance and consistency going back through the history of Australian touring car racing, it is important that we still recognise rounds, and that was done on the weekend, which was very nice to see, and Aaron Noonan came up with a whole lot of statistics which were on an episode of the television show that uses the same name as this podcast last week where he talked about the total number of laps that have been completed in the history of the championship and quite a lot lot of other cool stats as well, which I found particularly interesting.
2: Yeah, but it it does mean that unlike football, Tony, which you have so much uh, involvement in, where it's 300 to become a life member, it is, you know, 400 is the elite these numbers, are 100, get your name on your locker in the club rooms. These numbers do mean something and they haven't flip flopped over the years.
3: They only mean something though if they actually, if people make them mean something. I mean, we could easily have life membership to the, I don't know, to the VA supercars for, uh, for someone who makes 200, when they make their 200th start. I mean, all that stuff could be brought in. Uh, you're right. Numbers, numbers are numbers, and you can manipulate stats any way you want them to be. But if they mean something to someone, and, and Lockie mentioned there that they meant something to him, and and I don't mind the fact that uh, yeah, that, you know, we, we do have a little bit of history that we're trying to play on. Eh, it's not too bad.
2: Mm. Of course,
3: uh, sort of shoots you down there,
2: Craig. Oh, <laughs> didn't even feel it as I went plummeting through the earth, scorching it on the way, Lockie. I, the weekend, though, Phillip Island, it's been flip-flopped around a fair bit over the years, Lachlan. How do you feel with it now, back at the beginning of the year? It's the second trip into Victoria, if not the, it is the only, the first round event in Victoria. But it's not too long till everyone goes up to Winton, and uh, it does mean you will have had three race meetings with featuring Vert Supercars in that first part of the year, and then this big, long wait till Sandown.
0: Indeed, and probably the other interesting thing is the fact that the whole V8 supercar circus now goes west to Barbagallo, and then only two weeks after that, they have to come all the way back across the continent again in time for Winton. So, um, still a fair bit of travelling for the V8 supercar teams. I don't mind Philpyle at this time of the year. I think that... It's not too cold down there, but you've still got a bit of unpredictability with the weather, and we did have a couple of showers of rain on the Saturday, and that's not always a bad thing in terms of spicing up the on-track action.
2: Mm. Now, before we go to the break, Lockie first, Scotty McLaughlin. Genuine title contender, or is this the one swallow that doesn't make the summer?
0: As I said before, I think it's a bit too early to... Um Put it out there and call him a championship contender just yet. One of the things that was very apparent to everybody in the media over the weekend was there were quite a few questions being fired at Scott in relation to where he might be driving next year. And it does seem that there are a few distractions around his contractual situation and lots of public speculation that's already started in terms of the silly season and who might be driving where and Scott McLaughlin being out of Gary Rogers Motorsport at the end of this season is going to be hot property for a lot of other teams as well. So the big thing for Scott is he needs to try and put those aside and focus on his performance inside the car, and I think he did that extremely well on the weekend.
2: Mm. Well, Tony Shabeki, your take on Scotty's chances in this year's championship.
3: Uh, Just basically going off what Lachlan just finished up with there, I think he handled himself really well over the weekend. He was throwing some big curveballs in the press conferences in regards to uh, teams that he may not be aligned to or may be aligned to next year and all that sort of stuff. And, look, his answer was, I think, perfect. Uh, The only distraction this is proving is that everyone else keeps keeps mentioning it. Let me concentrate on what I'm going to do, and that's drive well. And if I keep doing that, then all these distractions won't be there because... It'll all sort itself out if I drive well. Hmm. So I, I think he's got his head screwed on. He knows what he's doing. Interesting, though, that he does self-manage himself. So he doesn't have a manager. So all his contract negotiations, he'll be dealing with himself. Uh, same with Scott Pye
0: as well, who comes out of contract with uh, DJ yeah. at the end of the year. I find that yeah, one just, hard to believe. Just, because yeah, just, just on that as well. Sorry, Craig, but... I'm sure that he was managed by Chris Jewell previously, but now there's... has got a him a report... was, yes, correct. Yeah, coming coming out saying that he's self-managed, so obviously he's no longer got that tie-up with Jewell,
2: though. No, that uh, tie-up ended two years ago with uh, mm. Chris Jewell, and, uh, but Scott Pye's relationship with Roland Dane, well, that was still active last year. So I don't know when Scott Pye broke away from Roland, but I... I thought that was still an ongoing relationship. Hmm. So, but uh, the source of uh, Mark Winterbottom, who was the one that made that story, of course, Mark Winterbottom, he had a lot of support from Paul Marinelli, and it seems like there's a group out there trying to write that uh, out of existence. Oh, really? It just seems like uh, no one uh, from the Winterbottom camp ever gives Paul much credit for the work he did do.
3: Yeah. I'm Interesting, no, you, but you did right. he definitely was involved with Mark for a long time.
2: Yeah, yeah, so that's perhaps a controversial to in this segment on Inside Supercars, but we're back with plenty more out of the island when we return.
1: Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, Through the years, a lot of reference this race as one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task.
0: Uh, we're able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to, do, to um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, representative family. Inside Motorsport
1: broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Fabian Colton. And you're listening to Inside Supercars.
2: Welcome back to Inside Supercars with Lachlan Mansell and Tony Shebeki on the grid. Don't forget, you can hear that online if you're not in Melbourne at uh, SEN. But if you are in Melbourne, it's... Uh, I'd never get it right. I know there's three ones and a six involved on the AM dial. That sounds
3: good. 1116 on but, the AM dial or on the... Uh uh, on the uh, internet, as you said, Craig, you're too kind. Thank you for that. Sunday
2: mornings, 8.30. Yep, always good fun to have a listen to. And uh, I've got to say, Richard Crail, once again, Richard Crail, once again, said, I think Scott's going to make it two from two. And on cue, he has got an uncanny knack, whether it be on your show or on this show or on Inside Motorsport, to be able to pick winners with uh, consummate ease.
3: Yes, he, uh, that's why we have him, isn't it, Craig?
2: Indeed, indeed. Yes. Tyres. Interesting one, Lachlan, coming out of uh, this weekend. They went back to the hard tires. They had the shorter race and the long race, and the shorter race we saw a few tire issues from, well, particularly the uh, Pro Drive team. But there was tire issues throughout the weekend that didn't go unnoticed.
0: We we saw a couple, didn't we, of tire failures in the Saturday race. One quite spectacular one that uh, involved Chaz Mostert, which uh, was absolutely devastating for him because he was running in a podium position at the time, which put him out of contention, and one for Scott Pye as well. And then uh, in the Sunday race, we had one for Cameron Waters. So I was having a chat to one of the engineers after the weekend, and their feeling was that maybe the team was pushing the limits with negative camber. That you just, you, you never really know the inside story. Um, but, Obviously, we, we didn't quite have the degradation as what we do when we have the soft tyres, as you would expect, but having uh, had a chat to Oscar Fiorotto from Super Shock Suspension, who's also the main strategy analyst for the V8 Supercars television coverage, he said that there's just no way that you could run a soft tyre at Dillard Island. Um, you know, the cars would struggle to get five or six laps out of them without problems. But so, well, that's fine, um,
3: isn't that what we want? <laughs>
0: No, but, uh, it up yeah, like yeah, but then it becomes a bit of a safety issue as well. Um, so so the, the way I hadn't explained to me is that it would, it would actually be unsafe to run the cars on the soft compound tyre at Phillip Island. Um, well, granted, the racing probably wasn't quite as action-packed and you didn't have the strategic variation that we had at Simmons Plains, for example. But in saying that, Phillip Island's a circuit where, because of these high-speed corners mostly. It's never been a track where we've had cars running particularly close together anyway. So, um, you know, in that regard, I, I don't really think we need to go playing around with different tyre compounds for that event.
2: Look, really, Phillip Island is a better long-distance track, and that's the thing. We, it's got a fantastic pit set up. It's got a fantastic racetrack that yep. is high speed. It really needs not to be one of these dinky sprint races. We see the 101 that's held there in the um, in the GT cars. GTs, yeah. They're fantastic races. They go down to the wire. And this is what we need to do. We need to break away from this, oh, well, we know what we're doing. We're doing this dinky race on Saturday, a bit longer race on Sunday. We've got an endurance series and we've got an international series and we've got a... You know, we need to go and say, Phillip Island is a track that you've got to go out there and race 300, 350, 400 Ks and really have some strategy, really have some balls in the race. And oh, then great. if you have to have something on the track on Saturday, work it out.
3: The most sensible thing you've said in the last three minutes, Craig. Uh, not that you've said anything unsensible otherwise, but uh, you're spot on. Let's have, why don't we have Phillip Island up the top of the calendar up the very top of the calendar with, uh, with Clipsal, Let's have two longer races, sort of endurance-type races, up the very top, and then you have your endurance races down the bottom. Let's have a Philip
0: Island 500 up the top of the calendar. Why not? Hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I,
0: I, I, yeah. I actually don't mind that concept, and I, I think the sort of event that Phillip Island would lend itself well to is that a bit later on this year, we're going to have a four-hour... Australian GT Championship, Australian Endurance Championship race at the Sydney Motorsport Park V8 Supercar round. Well, I reckon a of Island would lend itself perfectly to that sort of format, where you have V8 Supercars racing over a fairly long distance, but you also have a long-distance GT Endurance race with co-drivers, because Steelers Island... I Byland think there is a GT cars down to the ground. Look, isn't there in uh, a few weeks' time with the around the, there? A, there is. Ju- there, there certainly is, but what I'm saying is you put it on the same weekend as the day 8 supercars.
2: You run one on I- the Saturday and the other one on the Sunday.
0: Yeah,
2: yep. Hmm. yep I, look, I think we're preaching to the converted there, and hopefully we've converted a few others on the way through. But uh, it is interesting to see uh, how the island will shape up in this earlier part of the calendar, and uh, obviously, uh, lucky ticket sales for the revamped Winton are on now, and as I said before, it is the third Victorian race at the beginning of the season.
0: Indeed, so make sure you get onto the Winton Raceway website and uh, grab your tickets from the Outticks ticketing system. There's still campsites available as well. There's still grandstand seats available too. You can go in and choose your favourite seat. We've also confirmed that there's going to be once again, two autograph sessions on the Thursday evening before the event, one in Benalla and one at Wangaratta. And this year, we're really spicing it up. They're actually going to shut the main street at Benalla. We'll have a couple of cars from the support categories on display. Same at Wangaratta as well. And we'll have a selection of drivers for both V8 Supercars and the support category signing autographs for all of the fans. So... Once again, shaping up to be a fantastic event for regional Victoria, for that northeastern Victorian area. Mm. It, is.
2: it is going to be a, a great weekend for sure. We need to take a break here on Inside Supercars. Plenty more when we return.
1: The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. <laughs>
2: Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars with Tony Shabecki and also Lachlan Mansell. And, Lockie, we've got a few other stories that have uh, broken since the the weekend. Of course, Red Rooster joining V8 Supercars. They're uh, now the new chicken partner taking over from KFC, who are a long-time member of the V8 Supercar family. Um probably uh, uh, the promotions for that will be interesting to see how they'll integrate V8 supercars into their brand.
0: I reckon the best thing that they could do would be to have them sponsoring pit lane so that if a driver gets a black flag or does something wrong, then the commentators could say, oh, he'll have to come into the pits and serve a red roost to drive through penalties." penalty.
2: Mm, all right. Lucky. I'm waiting, I, I'm waiting for you to use that one on the uh, Winton weekend. Gee whiz. <laughs> uh, I'll tell
3: you what they are going to do. They're going to sell a lot of chicken at uh, at V8 Supercar Meet, so I'll give them that. And I think I think you can also take to the fact that Red Bull gives you wings and then
2: Red Rooster cooks them. <laughs> 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 nice work there, Tony Schiavelli. Of course, we had seen at uh, certainly the 12-hour and then at Clipsal, which is a a V8 Supercar event, we had seen the... Uh, Golden Archers with their on-track um, stores.
3: We did two at the Hamburgers. You're right.
2: Mm, so uh, interesting because uh, that was certainly the uh, rumour that was going around the uh, the pits at Adelaide was uh, that uh, the Golden Archers were set to become the naming rights sponsor of V8 Supercars, the first mm. one since the Shell Series. But Paul Gover, this week in uh, news news limited papers have said Virgin are going to actually take that mantle. And uh, it's a a big deal, serious money going the way of V8 Supercars, which is fantastic news uh, on the back of the conversation we had on this show last week about the future of Archer Capital and who might be owning the series going forward.
3: Had a chat to Mark Scope about this on the Saturday morning at Phillip Island. And he tells me there's only been three naming rights sponsors of V8 Supercars since its inception. Which I thought yes, but when you think back, I, I can't remember who, who the names were now. Just off the top of my
2: There's, head, but it's been a long time. I had one. Shell is the only Shell one that paid. Yeah, Shell was the only one that paid real money yeah. and bought the name. You had uh, Telstra and you had uh, Forex right. that had, you know, they were in association with. But it's really going back to the Shell series, Lockie.
0: That, that's the one that you sort of remember, isn't it? Where where they actually described it as the Shell Championship Series, but if Virgin are prepared to come on board as the naming rights sponsor and um, it's serious money coming the way of the category, then that can only be good thing for the sport.
2: And then the other. So
0: So when Andre Heimgartner gets his first win in the series, will we say
3: that he's broken? He's not a Virgin anymore.
2: Well, no, he's just a very happy. Member of the Virgin C Eight Supercar Series, or it'll be the Virgin Supercar believe, Series. Surely, I do
3: believe that there could be a great deal coming for uh, all the team owners as well from uh, Virgin in regards to getting access to the uh, like the the business class type uh, lounge, not just the, the general lounge, but into the the real Swift Lounge that they have. So, mm. I think that could be coming the owners' way
2: as well. Yep, and that'll really help the guys that do all the work in the uh, team when they're uh, away for so many weekends of the year. But I digress. The other part of the story that uh, uh, Paul Gover was able to break Lockie was the fact that their their supercar series is going to be heading over to Dubai.
0: Yeah, now, forgive me for being a little bit cynical about this one, but the Abu Dhabi experiment didn't exactly end all that well or that successfully did it. Um, You know, it's a spectacular facility over at Abu Dhabi and the Dubai Autodrome is built to a very similarly high standard and they have some fantastic racing there. They have the 24-hour endurance race and, you know, it's a world-class facility. Um, You know, in terms of how it fits in with Australian audiences with television times and whether they can draw much of a crowd from that part of the world, um, remains to be seen. But if, um, as happened with Abu Dhabi, it's a deal where the event promoter pays for the circus to head over there and that means a cash injection for the teams, then it makes commercial sense, doesn't
3: it?
0: You mentioned the Abu Dhabi experiment not ending well,
3: Lockie. i would put that more to the fact that Bernie Eccleston made sure that that didn't end well. I think True, uh, yeah. things, things, were, things were nicer if we about supercars in Abu Dhabi to an extent, until Bernie's thrown them into a, a paddock situation where they weren't allowed out of there. No-one was allowed to go sit in the grandstand to watch the Formula One or anything like that. I think once that happened, the relationship soured pretty quickly.
2: And importantly, as Lachlan mentioned, there's events, big events there. The track is well-known internationally, and it doesn't host a Formula One event.
3: No, exactly. Dubai doesn't.
2: Dubai doesn't. So. No, correct. Uh, so... It's, it's going to mean you're going to be the big fish coming over for the time that you're there. So, look,
3: Dubai's, a bit, Dubai's a better city than Abu Dhabi, I think, in regards to trying to get the tourists over there. I, I would have thought that a lot of people wouldn't have stayed around Abu Dhabi too long if they came over to watch the races. They would have headed down to Dubai. There's a lot more to do down there.
2: Mm. As uh, Paul Gover mentioned in his, um, in his column... Whilst it's great to see the series getting a a naming rights sponsor and they're going to be uh, locking in another overseas race, it's a pity that the uh, new naming rights sponsor doesn't actually fly to that city.
3: Uh, I was just about to say exactly that, Craig. The fact that uh, Virgin have an association, of course, with Etihad, who, of course, fly into Abu Dhabi. Uh, Emirates fly into Dubai. So you're going to have to fly... If you're coming from Australia, you're going to have to go to Abu Dhabi and then make your way down the motorway or, uh, or catch a short
2: flight. I'll fly with Qantas. I'll fly with Qantas, exactly. Yeah. All right, we need to take another break here on Inside Supercars, but plenty more when we return. Join
1: in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world.
0: Still a bit in shock. Uh... <laughs> thanks thanks
1: everyone acting the sport with interviews news and opinion
0: got to put money back into the sport at
1: the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up you can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricardo's old man to have found a few mates that tip some money in and send him overseas there actually needs to be inside a Inside sport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au hi I'm James Moffat. hi I'm Michael Caruso, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to inside supercars.
2: Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Lachlan Mansell and Tony Shabeki and uh, Tony, uh, Scott Pye, and uh, and Fabian Coulthard. They are absolutely on fire in this Dick Johnson yeah. Racing uh, team Penske outfit. They've, they've they've more than turned the corner. They've turned the they've turned the corner, and they've got the barrow halfway up the hill. You would feel.
3: Yeah, and look, I think the drivers definitely have a little bit to do with that for sure. Uh, give them a bit of credit, but I think a lot of credit has to go with the guys in the garage as well. I think they spent a lot of 2015 getting, especially the guys that had come over from the States, that had joined the team, getting their head around what V8 Supercars was all about. I think they've finally got that uh, answer now, and uh, away they go, and they're they're doing some good work with some good cars. And let's not forget, too, I mean, they're driving uh, Fords that are pretty much, you know, they're serving, uh, sharing data and the like with, uh, with Pro Drive, so they're still the championship team, aren't they? No, no they cancelled
2: no. the ProDrive relationship. Oh, have they? Yep, okay, well, they're not uh, sharing any data anymore. Yeah, what happens funny, when that. you that's start that. beating the uh, beating the guys up that you're uh, getting the information from? They don't want the to the share I, as much.
3: The reason I say that, though, is because Mark Winterbottom and Scott Pye definitely did say that they had similar set-ups for the, uh, for the Phillip Island race. I would have thought they would have only known that if they were actually talking to each other.
2: Mm. Yeah, no, but... that was in the
3: press conference. In the press conference, Mark Winterbottom definitely said we Scott and I have a have a similar setup.
2: Yeah, Very right. Interesting. Well, my understanding was that relationship ended, uh, or has yeah, it ended. It may, it may have. Lockie, may have. you're going to uh, you're going to break <laughs> us uh, up here.
0: Yeah, I, I think there might be some sort of still some sort of technical information sharing. I'm not sure if it translates to full data exchange between the teams. To be honest, I'm not quite sure exactly what the nature of the arrangement is at this stage. What I will say is that both drivers drove well, especially Fabian Coulthard's drive from ninth on the grid up onto the podium in the Saturday race was was impressive. Um, And they're definitely getting closer, DJR Team Penske. However, they still do have a few little creases to iron out, don't they? I mean, they had... Um, opportunities to get better results than what they had on the weekend. Fabian Coulthard qualified very well for the Sunday race, but then his day was done after not even completing a lap because of an engine problem. And uh, Scott Pye, obviously, with the tyre failure on Saturday. So if they can start ironing out those little problems, then they're starting to show that they've got the pace to to really mix it up at the front. Um, And I don't think it'll be too long before both cars are more consistently figuring the top... Five or six positions,
2: mm. and well, it's just going to be interesting to see how it all does pan out for the uh, for the uh, for the Prodrive Racing Australia team, and uh, obviously the defence of Mark Winterbottom, which looked a bit shaky, but uh, he's still right there in the points, uh, Tony.
3: Oh, very much so, very much in the points, especially after Philip Island, he's uh, come back to the four, so. I think there's a a little bit of a gap between first, second and third, if I remember correctly, the points off the top of my head. And then there's a very big logjam between like fourth and about twelfth, with only about 50 to 100 points, separating a whole group of drivers. So uh, this championship's going to go right down. It may not go down to the wire, but it's going to go down a long way through the season, which is great. I mean, that's what you need to keep interest. You don't want two drivers running away with the championship. Uh, so early in the year that uh, everyone loses interest as Formula 1 did last year with uh, Hamilton and Rosberg. So always good to have a little bit of, uh, as we said at the start of the program, a bit of spice around it.
2: And amazingly, Lachlan, we've spoken about Jamie Wincup. He's thrown it off the track a couple of times this year, but he still leads the championship.
0: He does. And just on Mark Wismodham, he is... 24 points off the championship league, which is virtually nothing. He could make that up easily in one race. He hasn't won any races yet this year, Mark Wismodden, but he's been consistent. He's accumulated the points. He's had a number of top five finishes. And like some of the other drivers in the championship, he hasn't had any really disastrous races. So that's why he's still right there towards the top of the championship standings. And... We're starting to get into the, the events where Pro Drive Racing Australia were very strong last year. Um, Winton Hidden Valley, if you remember, they were the tracks where Pro Drive were, were very, very fast. Um, even Townsville as well, um, they were dominant there. So um, if Winterbottom can start capitalising on the tracks where the team went well last year, start winning some races, then um, every reason that he can mount a successful title defence. Um, lost, it uh, looks like he was going to challenge for the championship last year until he had that horrific crash at Bathurst, which put him out for the rest of the season. This year, um, not looking quite so good, whether that's because he's still recovering from injury, I'm not quite sure. But um, his pace in some qualifying sessions has been very strong. In others, he struggled to make it into the top 10. And there's been one or two mistakes as well, particularly at, at Adelaide, where he put the car into the fence. Um, and then obviously the bad luck that he had at, at Stillworth Island with the blown tyre on the weekend as well. So, um, yeah, Moss. I don't think it'll be long before he's actually to his fighting best, and we know that he's very, very quick, but still he needs to iron out the mistakes because they will cost him points. Mm. Lucky, I think you hit one word on the head uh, in that whole statement was
3: consistency. I think the car that is consistent throughout the whole year is the car that's going to win the championship, not necessarily the car that wins the most races, because I think we're going to have a lot of different winners throughout the year. I think the car that is consistently in the top three or four throughout the year uh, is the car that's
2: going to win. Yeah, it Indeed will be uh, an interesting way to see how this middle section, this middle stretch is going to be played by all the teams and uh, uh, what I was fascinated to uh, know was that uh, Volvo are planning their next test on Tuesday at Winton Motor Raceway so... Volvo are playing their test card well before the Enduros. Uh, Of course, they do have a bit more testing, Lockie, uh, than they did have last year.
0: They do, and I, I think there'll be some teams, particularly the teams that are based in Victoria, that will try and squeeze in a test day at Winton before the event at Winton. The reason being that because we've resurfaced the track at Winton, it's characteristics very different to what it was last year so the teams will be eager to learn as much as they can they've already had one test day there which was the official pre-season test that was held in quite hot conditions uh, the weather's starting to cool down a bit now and by the time we get to the V8 supercar event in May it will be considerably cooler so the teams will have an understanding of how their cars behave in cooler track conditions at the Winton circuit on the new surface
2: Mm. it's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out. Guys, we do need to take a break here on Inside Supercars, but after that, a final thought or observation, and then, of course, the game that everyone has loved so far, it is uh, who would you rather be? Thanks very much to Tim Hodges at uh, AFL 360 for that one.
1: Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page. And to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com. Au. Each week join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. you know. Through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task.
0: Uh, we were able to beat the two Lamasuda boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do, but, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor Stone
2: family.
1: Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at
2: sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Lachlan a final thought or observation?
0: Um, a couple of final thoughts. Number one, um, I was commentating the Aussie racing car support races at Steelers Island on the weekend, and there was a horrific crash in the last race involving Chris Stevenson. Fortunately, he, uh, he wasn't seriously injured, but he was take, taken to hospital for observations, so best uh, wishes to Chris Stevenson and his team um, from the Aussie racing cars. I also uh, had the opportunity to commentate quite a hilarious go-kart race, which was V8 supercar drivers and commentators versus general punters. Um, Congratulations to Aaron Russell, who took the outright win. Um, There was a young girl, Madeline, who was just a general member of the public, who finished second outright, which was a pretty impressive performance and uh, also uh, a couple of our commentator buddies, uh, Chad Nalon and Cameron Vanden Dungen, who spent most of the race just trying to take each other out. So that was one of the most hilarious sessions I think I've ever spent behind a microphone. I had an absolute blast. Mm-hmm.
2: And, of course, you're going to have a lot of fun when uh, you head up to the Rensport event, uh, what is it, later this month, to see uh, what has become a real festival of Porsche.
0: Yeah, and a lot of V8 supercar drivers competing at the Rennsport Festival as well. Um, we've got David Reynolds, who's teaming up with Tony Bates. Uh, Garth Panda's driving with James Bergmuller. Tim Slade with Adrian Mastronato. Uh, Nick Perkett's driving with Shane Smolin. Lee Holdsworth with Stephen and Michael Caruso with Mark Sini. And Shane Van Gisbergen with Paul Kelly. So it's going to be almost like a, a mini V8 supercar race in the Carrera Cup.
2: Well, almost a mini-enduro. Indeed. Yeah. Tony Shebeki, a final thought from you.
0: Why the hell
3: do VO supercars spend money on, on track entertainment? Does anyone really worry about stunt cars doing burnouts and all that sort of stuff anymore? The 10 or 20 minutes that they are given, and they spend money, obviously, to do that, could be given to the uh, to the, the support categories. I mean, to have... 20-minute races for support categories which only go eight or ten laps, especially if you have some sort of incident that comes down to about four laps, is absolutely ridiculous. Stop spending the money on foolish entertainment that promotes unsafe driving and spend that money on the support categories. Put that time back into the support categories.
2: Uh, that a very nice yeah. sentiment. Yeah, you won't get any argument from us. So to and finish... Secondly, oh, sorry. Oh,
3: if, I, if I can, i played a game uh, with a very prominent driver manager. At On on the weekend, whose first name starts with David, I won't mention any more. I don't want to give his name away. Well, there's not too many managers who have a name of David. Uh, I'm going to play. No, because all the
2: guys. drivers are managing themselves. So we're here. <laughs> no,
3: there's still one or two out there. Guys, uh, do we have two minutes, Craig? Go for it. I'm going to play the game with you now, and you can play with your friends as well. If you each had eight one million dollar contracts to hand out to V8 supercar drivers so the entire V8 supercar driver field now, who would you give those contracts
2: to? Who would I give those contracts to? So who are to? the elite
3: eight in V8 supercars, as it stands now?
2: If you were going for value for money, you'd probably give seven to Lowndes just because is the recognition. No, 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 no.
3: One, you've got eight $1 million contracts. All right. So you go, to eight, you go to eight drivers. Give me eight, the eight elite drivers in V8 supercars at the moment. All right,
2: well, basically, you've got your three at uh, Red Bull. Correct. You've got uh, see. I would struggle to get that. I'm very sorry. I would struggle to get that. To Courtney'd get one because he's you know he's marketable, mm-hmm. but he's so far behind Craig Lowndes in the um, in the stakes. You go well. I don't know that you're you've worth got, you've it. You've got to give it out. So you've
3: give, given out four. Right. Give me another four.
2: Uh, all right. So I've got the I've got the four easy ones. I reckon. Lockie, win the bottom
3: current champion.
2: Yeah. Uh, yes. Go, you don't have to say yes. I would say I'd give the money to Mossed before Winterbottom.
3: Mossed, okay, yeah. Okay, because I think
2: you got to bank your future, Scotty and McLaughlin. so that's why Scotty McLaughlin's going to be in there. Uh, so that's six. Yeah. See, the last two you just throw on money for jam because they you know, in the first three you've got gold. gold. No, not 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 right now.
3: No, that's not, no. Not Ten that's years right. ago, you wouldn't bet an island. The amazing thing about it is is that we played the game also with about another three or four journalists on the day, mm-hmm. and everyone, the top six really sold themselves. So the three guys at, uh, at Red Bull, I think Courtney was another one, Winterbottom and Mostert, oh, sorry, Winterbottom, McLaughlin and Mostert were the six.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
3: the other two spots were very much shared between a, a, a gamut of different drivers.
2: Yep. Yeah, I can, I, can certainly see, I can certainly see that too. Because,
3: <clears>
1: look,
2: you've only got one household name. This is why I said you give seven to you give seven of because you know you're going to get guaranteed coverage and then split the million between the rest and that is so rude to a six time champion in Jamie Wing Cup, But the reality is, if you're trying to get your you know if you're trying to get your product out there in on uh, on screen, he's the man to have it on. It's a
3: very interesting little game to play, and uh, I, I just wanted to off the back of that. Is that, is that a concern for someone like V8 Supercars?
2: Yeah, well, you know, in have fact. The
3: feel of so many drivers, that they've only got six superstars.
2: You need to go back to the last two shows where we've lamented the fact that there's... they don't even have six superstars. They've got one superstar, mm. and they've got some people that they're hoping can somehow claw their way into the public psyche.
0: Um, so, just on that, um, if you're going to play the game with me as well, I, I, I yeah, think please. we're pretty much. Yeah, so we are pretty much agreed on those six. So the three Red Bull drivers, yep. plus James Courtney, Mark Winterbottom, Chas Mostert, um, making up six. I think, I think that's the other seven, two, actually. Um, Scott
3: McLaughlin's in the six, I think.
0: Uh-huh. Um, yeah, McLaughlin makes seven. Um, probably the other one would be a toss-up for me between Garth Tander and Fabian Coulthard for very different reasons.
2: Mm. Yep. yep. I. You know, you, you can really split the rest of the field and, and you're picking those last two spots, Tony, as you, you're picking those last two spots basically between guys that you just like. And, like, you know, I could go David Reynolds without batting an eyelid because well, I could. love David yeah, you and, sure. you know, for all the problems and it'll help him pay a few fines. But at least <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> at least he's doing something.
3: Yeah, true. That's a, it's an interesting
2: one. It is indeed. But we've got to play for Tim Hodges at AFL 360. Who would you rather be, since he can't fit it into the jam-packed show there? And uh, to you, Tony Shebecki, I know that you're a big lover of the outdoors and a camper. Who would you rather be, the camper at Phillip Island last weekend or the camper at Winton as it comes towards winter?
3: Yeah, as much as I love Winton and heading uh, and up there to watch racing, Uh, They had a beautiful weekend weather-wise at Phillip Island, and I I do not understand the placement of both of these events in regards to the opportunities to have a disastrous weekend weather-wise. Phillip Island was lucky this time around. Hopefully, Winton will be as well in a few weeks' time as well, but the closer it gets to June, the damn colder it's going to get. So definitely Phillip Island for me.
2: All right, then. Sorry about that, Lockie. We couldn't get winner over the line there. But for you, Lachlan Mansell, oh. James Gould, Golding or Gary Jacobson? Who would you rather be? Uh,
0: it's a tough one at the moment. Probably Gary Jacobson, but only just. And only because I think that the ProDrive Racing Dunlop Series car is just a fraction stronger than the Gary Rogers Motorsports Dunlop Series car. Um, and also, just in terms of, um, you know, future opportunities, it's much for muchness, because we know that Gary Rogers loves unearthing young talent, and so that could really be a, uh, a great opportunity for James Golding in the future, but boy, that car of Gary Jacobson's was quick on the weekend, mm-hmm. and, and Gary Jacobson, I mean, full credit to him, because he spent a few seasons with Eggleston Motorsport, he was sort of consistently in the top five, but uh now put him in the pro drive racing car and, and all of a sudden he's starting to really dominate and win races and Jack LeBrock was fast on the weekend oh, yes. as
3: well, qualified on
0: pole position and you know was probably unlucky not to finish on the podium because he had a dreadful start in race one no, no. and then had to fight his way back through for the rest of the weekend.
2: Yep, it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting crop we've got in the Dunlop series and I'll give a plug out to Adrian Mussolino and uh, John Bannon who join us on the show regularly. Fantastic story about the next generation of, uh, of drivers in the latest edition that's on sale now of VRDX magazine because uh, uh, it was uh, a really uh, big eye-opener just how deep the talent is running in that Dunlop field um, for those who aren't in and about uh, you know, about following the uh, number two series. Tony, always a pleasure to have you on the show and we'll repeat that On The Grid is on every Sunday morning right throughout the football season, straight after the Oz kick and I do love how you're getting so many New South Wales and Sydney people particularly yes, tuning in to the Oz kick show. It's, uh...
3: Four phone calls in two weeks, Craig, from Sydney. It was fantastic.
2: Yes, yeah, it was uh, quite interesting to hear that and then, of course, you back it up with On The Grid.
3: We do. Uh, I always love doing Sunday mornings. I love being on with you. Thanks for your time, mate. And uh, Lockie, thanks uh, to you as well. And uh, have a great time uh, over the next couple of months. you got so much on.
0: Yeah, certainly. So, yeah, thanks as always for having me, Craig. And, yeah, the, the countdown now is well and truly on for the Winton V8 Supercar event. Only four and a half weeks to go, which will be um, four and a half weeks of feverish, full-on, action-packed mayhem and pandemonium.
2: That means
3: it's only four and a half weeks until Richard Crowell and I jump on an aeroplane and head off to the Indy 500. Oh, your beauty!
2: <laughs> I was going to bring that up, but I've just run out of time on this week's show. We need to, uh, thats all we have time for this week on Inside Supercars. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
1: Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at SportRadio.com.au.